Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. In the sky, atomic batteries to power and spin around, I guess. I was going to say twirly, twirly, twirly. <laughs> and twirly, twirly, twirly. Uh, hello, Primers. This is episode or issue 71 of the DC Primetime Podcast, uh, our issue that we are dubbing our Golden Age special. Uh, last season, we did our Silver Age. This year, the Golden Age. Uh, but first things first, introductions from the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Kathy Crew cast of Pods, I am Rob Martin, and I am also very stuffy. So <laughs> that's all right. We're still doing the job. We're still getting it done. Um, yeah, it's it's early on a Sunday. We usually do My record fault. on Sundays. No, it's fine. Um, especially after me being up watching all three episodes that we're going to talk about and a completely disappointing fight. Uh, which I'm not going to get into details of that, but mm. you know the hyped fight last night, and um, yeah, the outcome was what most p- smart people expected. Yeah, rather... hype fights. Yeah, hype fights usually end poorly. Yeah. So, and the and the fight itself was rather kind of boring. So to me, uh, but uh, I did watch Real Steel before it, so I got to watch Robots Box, which was more entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, because you watched Real Steel, you you, you ran into some trouble, which uh, plays. Plays kind of heavily into uh, our discussion today. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, you can. You might as well bring it up. Well, so. as I said, we're dubbing this our Golden Age special. By the way, real quick note: I listened to a couple of our past episodes recently, and I realized how often I say "um." Which, I do too. Which really sucks. So I'm really concentrating on that this week to see if I could kind of eliminate that a little bit. So hopefully, I do better. Please let me know, especially because I know some people find that annoying. But uh, as we mentioned, this was our this is our golden age issue in which we, as we revealed last week, we're going to be talking about three different shows that we watched. I think last year for our Silver Age, we did Birds of Prey. We did Smallville. And what was the other one? Oh, The Flash, the original Flash. 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 This week, we have gone way back to the 50s, 60s, and 70s. We started off with the George Reeves Adventures of Superman, moved into the Batman 66 with Adam West, and then, of course, the Linda Carter Wonder Woman from 1975. And, yeah, we ran into a little problems. We had uh, I have a server that I share with some people, and unfortunately, that server was being a little wonky. So, Rob, I think you only got to watch... What half of Wonder Woman and one episode? We we were only going to do one episode, but the Batman sixty six ended up being a two parter, and you only yeah. got to watch the first one. But I mean, that's kind of how Batman sixty six functions, though. Too, I mean, the reason there are so many episodes for three seasons is just due to the fact that they cut all the episodes in half. Um, just all of them are always cliffhangers. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's it's okay. I mean, we know how it's going to end. So, and, regardless yeah. of not watching it, I mean, Wonder Woman, I, I, I do feel bad that I didn't complete it. But at the same time, I'm not sad. That I, <laughs> I was going to say. a chance to not complete that. At, so. the, at the little bit of prep that we were doing before this episode, uh, it's kind of good that you didn't. Fi- it's not good that you didn't finish, but it's fitting because of our opinion of the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, but like I, there's a, there's a part of me that's morbidly curious to go back and see how it evolves because pilots are always kind of the rough point. So. Well, that and and you know what? Let's just we'll start with that. We'll we'll yeah, work backwards. We'll start with Wonder Woman. Uh, just a little bit of details of the show. This was a 1970s television series. Ran for three seasons. Uh, with a TV movie pilot, which is actually what we watched, the the TV movie pilot, which aired, all, which is called the new original Wonder Woman, aired on November seventh, nineteen seventy five, on ABC. Uh, the show ran for three seasons with fifty nine episodes plus the movie pilot, starring Linda Carter. Um, uh, I, I had a list of the cast, and I can't find it. So Linda Carter being, of course, the most iconic of all of them. We still see her pop up in and out of the the Arrowverse, which is awesome. We see her pop up on Supergirl and such. And yeah, I can't, I, I can't I remember. Say it was crazy seeing her in that, you know, in the outfit and just on the show. She was so incredibly young seeing seeing her in this. And I've seen her in cameos of things for time and time and time again. And I think the one mo- most notable one for me, because I never really had a connection to the show, was Sky High. Uh, which is a incredibly underrated Disney movie. She was in Sky High. She was the principal in Sky High. Dude, I love Sky High. I do too. I mainly Bruce, Bruce that's, Campbell's best role and ever. That, and that's the reason. <laughs> Sidekick. That's the main reason I watched Sky High the first time was because Bruce Campbell was in it. But same here. You know, Kurt Russell and um, Kevin Heffernan as the best as the bus driver and. Oh my god, I love Sky High. Now I want to go back and rewatch it. Um, that's that's a future episode. Superhero movies that have nothing to do with Marvel or DC. Done and done. Oh, that could <laughs> be a fun episode. We're so gonna, we can do we, Robert Townsend's Meteor Man. No, we're not going to do that. I we could do Blank Man with... Um, oh god, we're also not going to do that one either. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I like, Pl- I like the, the Blank adve- Man. The Adventures of Pluto Nash. That one we'll <laughs> skip. That one we will skip. All right, maybe it's not a good idea that we do this episode. We'll just talk about Ooh. Sky High, and that's it. Ooh. We can actually. We were trying to figure out a way to do movies, and I, I just realized we do have a third we can go back to. So we can definitely do the Burton nineteen eighty nine Batman. We can do obviously the fantastic you know Superman films with you know Christopher Reeve, and we can do Shaquille O'Neal's Steel. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I think that needs to happen sometime in the future. We will lose. uh, Why? Why not? That might be waiting till next summer, but or maybe Christmas break, because that's a present for everybody to watch Steel all over again. (laughs) We may lose listeners if we go back to Steel. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, we're getting off topic. (laughs) We're getting off topic. Uh, Jumping back to Wonder Woman. Yeah, Uh, you you know you mentioned it's funny because when when we first started watching the episode, you see. This is one of those shows too that I'm I'm curious as if we watch further on. This is a show that, and I actually liked this because uh, Batman did the same thing. Batman sixty six did the same thing. George Reeves Superman is the only one of the three shows that actually did this. Was set up the character. Wonder Woman and Batman literally jump right into the character. There's no origin story of any kind, 
and Wonder Woman was that way too, especially for a television movie that was the pilot. They expected the audience to know who this character was already. Yeah, that was a little weird. Uh, I, I thought there was something missing when I started the episode. Like, somebody forgot to cut part of it back in onto a DVD release, and whoever ripped it was like, maybe missed the first 20 minutes. That's and, how I was too. Yeah. There was a lot of that, and uh, yeah, oof. All right, so should we just do our normal rankings, and then we'll we'll, we'll yeah, do we this. can do that. We'll we'll give right, it the we'll the, the um. Are we doing we'll the one do, through ten or the just uh, sidekick hero legend? Side, sidekick hero legend, I think we'll these. Okay, so um, uh, do you want to go? Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to start it? Uh, we'll just kick it off like normal. Okay, uh, <laughs> my brain's not fully awake yet, but it's slowly becoming that way. All right, well then we'll, we give these episodes a three point rating as we usually do with the other ones: sidekick, hero, or legend. Uh, I'm gonna go. Oh man, um, I'm gonna go hero. It's not horrible enough to get a sidekick. It's certainly not good enough to get a legend. So I'm gonna go more towards a lower end hero on this one. Okay, I, I, I think for me, I'm. I have to go sidekick. It was just painful. It was really, really painful. I didn't even finish the whole thing, and I'm really happy about that. I can't give it a hero. Uh, I would love to because, again, the character is so iconic, and I know Linda Carter playing the role is a very iconic role for her. Um, I I, I don't know what to say. It was (laughs) rough. It was really, really, really rough. Yeah, Go ahead. She she didn't feel like she was doing anything. It was, Steve Trevor felt like the 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 main focal point of the whole thing. Anything that was happening that was a good positive momentum from what I got to see. Um, and like again, bear in mind, I got about through thirty five minutes of what forty two minutes, forty four minutes, whatever it may be. But it was it was uh, all I saw Wonder Woman do is she jumped jumped up onto a roof, and I couldn't tell if she if she was flying or if she jumped. To save a kid, and she lassoed Steve Trevor, and a you know jeep fell off of a cliff, and before it hit anything, it exploded. And I was kind of confused by this. So you know, I, I don't know. I really, really don't know what I could say positive about it because all she did was twirl and save a child. So and seem awful confused about what was happening. You know, I'm I'm looking at the list of descriptions of everything and. Uh, I think we did miss something. I think we watched episode two. I think the episodes I have are mislabeled. Oh, no. Um, because w- episode two is listed as, as titled Wonder Woman meets Baroness Van Gunther, which is exactly what we watched. Yeah. Uh, and the the still image for the new original Wonder Woman, which was episode one, the pilot, um, the still image is an image of something that was not in the show. I mean, I'm reading here. Uh, the description of it is American war hero Steve Trevor is downed over the Bermuda Triangle and lands on Paradise Island. We didn't see any of that. Oh, so I, I'm, yeah. mis- oh, I'm mistaken. No, we, we have to go back. <laughs> Don't make me go back. <laughs> so what the episodes that we have uh, are mislabeled. And unfortunately, I think the first two episodes are the same thing. I think they're just repeats. So, um, yeah, I, I, I take that back. We watched episode two of Wonder Woman, not the original movie pilot. Um, oh, yeah. No. Well, that means we have to do things the right way. So uh, Wonder Woman's put on pause. Yeah, we'll go back to it. <laughs> <sighs> we got to go back. We'll go back. 
<laughs> it's like we got to go back to the island. I want to go back to the island. We got to go really, back. Really don't. All really right. Don't. So yeah. So I, unfortunately, this misnomer I should have looked into a little bit further. But I, I, you know what though, I looked into it too, and that's what I think came up. I and mean, I don't think it stated on the article already either that even it mentioned a movie. Um, so you had that information, um, and but you know what, I, you would assume uh, a rip of the series would ha- would be in order, and, and that's I mean, it's and rare that's, that it's not. And so. that's what I thought because I have the entire – I have a rip of the entire first season and apparently um, it's the same episode. One and two, they have them listed as the same. Uh, let me see. Oh, see, I'm looking and I the rip I have does not include Wonder Woman pilot. It has episode one listed as Wonder Woman meets Baroness Van um, – whatever – so <laughs> my my Plex server goes online and searches online for information, and they have it listed as the movie because apparently online episode one is listed – the movie is listed as episode one, but that's not what we have. So, yeah, we, we don't – oh, I do have it. It's just not listed as episode one. I would have to rename all these episodes, which is going to suck. Okay. Well, how about this? Next week we will squeeze in – that and I will make sure I get to watch it in full. Um, I just did the um, damn it. Ah, I was just trying to watch, like, I did it too, but I already know I'm doing it a lot less, so that's all that matters to me. Yeah, no, that's true. All right, so we'll do Wonder Woman next week, but I will say my review of episode two bad. Okay, so (laughs) there we go, that works. All right, let's move to Adam West, uh, and we'll uh, head over to Batman 66. Okay. I think that's that's an easy one for us to dive into. Yeah, definitely. So uh, for those of you that are not familiar, which if you're listening to this podcast, you're absolutely familiar with uh, Batman. It's titled – it's Batman, the TV series. We call it Batman 66. That is the nickname of it, uh, just so people know which one you're talking about because almost everything that involves Batman is just called Batman. So it's hard to distinguish. But uh, as Robin mentioned earlier, uh, three seasons, 120 episodes – in those three seasons, which is ridiculous, but uh, like you said, they were just they were shorter episodes. They were it, Batman sixty six was was more formatted like a sitcom rather than a full length show like Wonder Woman because it was only the show only ran like twenty two minutes. So, the, but they I'm actually reading here in season one they actually filmed everything as a full episode but they split it into two parts to air twice a week in 30 minute installments so it ran for but still you gotta figure 120 episodes two episodes a week that show still ran for 60 weeks Yeah, the first season still ran for over a year yeah in the 60s that's pretty pretty insane so that's impressive the fact that it had you know, sixty, uh, 60 episode run. Uh, it, it's it's very interesting because maybe that's you know it's kind of common too, and you you see this with cartoons, especially in seventies and eighties lore, that a lot of times when things are picked up, they're picked up in full for that because it has to do with syndication. So if they had sixty episodes, boom, that gives them the opportunity, or it has to be over sixty episodes. Yeah, I, I think it's something like ninety for it to fall into syndication rules which means the show has a life after it's done running. That's probably the reasoning on why uh, an order was put in. It was stretched out, and that's how they found a way around it. Instead of having releasing hour-long episodes, they probably broke it and did it that way. Now, again, speculation on my part, but from what I know of TV and syndication rights and how they function, that's probably how they got around that. 
But so. you but you look at the way shows are formatted now compared to this. You had a show back in the 60s that ran twice a week for 60 weeks for over a year, not including any breaks that they probably took. So probably close to a year and a half that this, this the first season alone ran. And then you look at today where we've already transitioned from 22 to 24 hour 20, 22 to 24 episode hour-long episodes in a season now to some shows cutting it down to 10 to 12 episodes a season and having to wait a year to get even more episodes yeah. so uh, but you also look at the the production costs of a lot of things now too and i'm sure like we couldn't do as great as it would be to do 60 weeks of game of thrones it's impossible it would bankrupt the studio to do yeah. things like that. Yeah, it really would. Uh, well, you look at it, though, too. I mean, especially for a show like this, I, 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 it may look cheap, like, but like in the 60s, man, Batman looked great. I mean, you look at the car, you look at the design and the sets for the, the cave, the oversized props, all the little things that they did that we think of in the Batman 66. That show could not have been cheap to make or produce. And uh, it's still amazing watching it because, like, we joked about how cheesy and dumb when we watched the animated version that was out there not that long ago, The Return of the Cape Crusaders, how cheesy and over the top it is. When you watch it live action, it's it's just exactly that same thing. But there's something so much fun about it and so much fun to watch uh, the way it plays out. Uh, You know, we haven't done a rating yet, but I'm going to say and start off right away. Man, this gets this gets a legend. There's something about watching this that I don't think it matters. If this is like if you're showing this to like a kid and they have no idea who Batman is, this is still a great starting point. It's still such a great starting point. Well, and I'm I'm jumping right in there too and I'm I'm giving this a legend as well. I mean, this episode this is the pilot episode that starts off with uh we're jumping right into an iconic villain right at the start with the Riddler, uh, you know, this two part episode. And it's funny because there's a, there are a lot of Adam West Batman memes out there. And there are a couple points in these two episodes where these memes come from. The, yeah. These are the origins of these memes, the, the disco with Batman dancing, the Batusi. I, I had no idea that was in the pilot. The fact that that started in one episode one, I was like, wow, this is kind of cool because this feels like I'm watching something iconic that I did not remember being the first episode. And it's after watching – see, I watched these two episodes after the Mayweather-McGregor fight last night. So it was kind of late. Uh, but And I did watch both episodes back-to-back because once it ended in a cliffhanger, I was like, okay, I kind of have to go on to the next episode. I can't not do it. Mm-hmm. And after watching them, the version – the rips of, of these – now, I have this complete series. I have all three seasons on my server. And seeing the quality of this show, uh, the viewing quality that I have, I want to go back and rewatch them all. I, I do. I want to keep watching, which I'll probably end up doing over the course of however long because it won't take me long to push through all of these. They're only 22 minutes apiece. So I, but I want to I want to keep going and I want to keep I, watching. I, yeah, I have a feeling this is going to be my nightly playlist for a while. Yeah. Just just putting a couple of, like, you know, maybe four episodes in a list to basically get to watch two stories, but even just flipping through the thumbnails and what each episode was. And I love, I never knew the names of the episodes and realizing that the episode names, when they're, you know, obviously the two-parter, they're always jokes and puns um, when you put the, the whole thing together. Like, it's always rhyming scheme and it's something silly. 
and I love the fact that they did all those little things like that just as well. Oh my god, I'm just noticing that. Yeah, yeah, like because I was skipping. Down, hey, like, diddle, that's... diddle, smack in the middle. Uh huh. <laughs> I never and... noticed it. So, hey, diddle, diddle is the pilot episode, and then smack in the middle is part two. Yeah. So. Uh, I really thought that was really kind of ingenious to the fact that they did little things like that because it just fits the tone of the show so incredibly well. Um, you know, you, you you did mention when we were talking about Wonder Woman uh, when we re- just after before we realized our snafu. Um, the key thing is they do not bring up a lot of who Batman is, his origin, but there are little pieces of that I, those iconic pieces that do play out throughout even that first twenty two minutes. Uh, we see the red phone for the first time and even when they linger on it and they talk about it where you see Gordon and O'Hara talking and they're like you know we have to call him and I was like you know we really hope it didn't come to this but they do this long lingering shot and you're kind of like oh this is how they contact him in addition to the bat signal this is how they call Batman yeah. so you already understand that you see a moment where Adam West is talking about uh, his parents death real quick and not wanting that to ever happen to somebody else again so you get these little pieces, and they touch upon them really briefly, but it's there. It's all there. Um, where Wonder Woman, if you started the show and didn't, didn't know that they made a TV movie, and you started where we started, you'd be like, who the hell is this character, and why should I care? You do get an understanding about that by the end of the first 22 minutes of Batman. And I think they did it nicely because they're not like hammering over uh, like over your head with this origin story that is not going to play right in the style that this show is, but it's still there, and I think it works. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree with you completely. And one of the other things I was thinking about, too, as, we, as I was watching this last night, is you look at the way society is now and with social media and everything have, and everybody having an opinion on things. Look at, the, look at the way people criticized Batman versus Superman and how – you know, we'll take a certain particular fight scene in a warehouse from Batman vs Superman, which is one of the first real instances of that movie that we get to see Batman and his fighting style. And we see and how people bitch and complain about you know how he threw a box and Batman wouldn't do that because Batman wasn't about death and things like that. If this show existed in a time period where we had social media and everybody had an opinion, this show would not have lasted nearly as long as it did. Because you look at the lore of Batman, and this show is so far from what we know of Batman now. Uh, you know, Batman is a dark character. This show is far from that. You would you would never see nowadays in a comic book or in a t- movie or a television show currently Batman doing the Batusi. You know, dancing with somebody in a club or, or things like that. Look how we criticized Batman and Harley last week with... You know, Batman kissing Harley on the cheek and things like that, like those lighter moments to us in the present day. They don't exist in Batman's universe. Batman is a dark and 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 foreboding character. This show is completely opposite of that. So it makes me wonder if if we had that ability when this show ran, how many fans would have not approved of this show? Yeah, I mean, and also too the books at that time, you know were drastically different. There was comics were, were a little bit more just fun and lighthearted. They weren't these like hardcore serious stories. And they, there still were ones like that. But when it was that it was like, you know, Green Arrow is like, oh, my God, my ward is a junkie. Like when Speedy is having a drug problem, it's they felt more like PSAs when it was a serious story versus something like we're seeing here in the 66 book. And I am not 66 book, but 66 show. Sorry. Yeah. 
Uh, now, I think you're right, though. I, I think remembering, and I think this is something I always tell myself whenever I see a new TV show that follows DC characters or Marvel characters, same thing with movies, um, cartoons, animated series, I never, ever try to view it as this is canon version of my character. This is a own graphic novel. It's brand new universe. They can do whatever they want. They can rewrite the rules. Because the one thing about comics that everybody always forgets is it's not the same person writing the character from start to finish. It has gone through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that have written these characters, and every writer is going to take them slightly their own way. So you're right, though. This, if this aired today, this would be in trouble. It would have been off the air within a week. This would have been the powerless of today. Absolutely. Uh, and I think, you know, this show is timeless for us now. But you're right. If, if anybody were to try to watch this nail, if this was airing now for the first time, it would be torn apart. It would never be given a shot, which is why I was so adamant last week was change your perspective of Batman and the Harley Quinn animated film with Harley being the lead, Batman being the punchline. And watch it again and see how your your thought process may shift, because it's interesting when you try to view it from a different angle. Uh, and I think this is one of those shows that follows that same same logic if you're not familiar with them. I, but, man, you're right, though. This this There's so much iconography from these two episodes. It is absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, and just was really exciting and fun to watch because of that reason alone. And I'm really excited to watch the second part of it. Um, but, you know, from that 22 minutes I did get to see from episode one, Man, I, I was in heaven watching this, man. I was I was excited, and it made me remind myself when I watched this when I was a kid. I used to sit in front of uh, at my grandmother's home, like right in front of the TV. It was like Monday nights and Tuesday nights uh, when this was running in syndication and just watching these episodes play out. And, man, it brought me right back to those moments and how amazing and fun this show still remains to me. That's that's how I was rewatching these last night too. It's one of those things. Like I said, I I now feel that urge that I want to go back and I want to continue watching because I remember when I was younger, just planting myself in front of a television and watching iconic shows like this, like Batman sixty six. I remember watching uh, the monkeys a lot. Gets old classic episodes. Get smart. Oh uh, God, get smart's the best. I still love get smart. I, I and I think the movie did really well too. But uh, you know, I, I'm going back and I'm I'm just it makes me kind of nostalgic and go back to my childhood a little bit re-watching these episodes and I almost akin this to because it's one of the things that like I have on my server there are certain shows that I have on my server particularly as background episodes they're not things I really pay attention to they're things I glance at from time to time when they're on or if I'm if I'm cleaning my 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 place and I need something on in the background uh there are certain shows like I have old classic episodes of Looney Tunes on my server that I just I'll play in the background same thing with the Three Stooges. I'll just have classic episodes of Three Stooges. I akin this show to that. And these are shows that just I love just having on and being able to watch whenever I have some free time. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back now after watching these first two episodes again, and I'm just going to play through these episodes. And when I actually – I'm going to sit and watch them because it's been years since I've watched them. And then once I'm done, they'll get f- – filed into that same category with the Looney Tunes and the Three Stooges in that they'll just be, they will be my background fodder. And I love shows like that. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the same way. And this is, I'm happily, was very, very happy that we decided to do these shows because, man, I I found a love for a show that I forgot, long forgotten about how much I loved. And it's funny going back to some things like 
you know, I was a big, you know, 80s cartoon nut and like Transformers, Thundercats, Ghostbusters. Well, sorry, sorry, the real Ghostbusters. There's another Ghostbusters. There's the Filmation one, which is different. Um, But I will say this. Watching those things, sometimes those cartoons are really tough to go back to. Transformers is like I'll watch the Transformers animated movie, but going back and watching the show is kind of a hard experience every once in a while because you're like, man, this was not as good as I remember it being. But I will say this is uh, Batman 66 does hold up once you know this is going to be fun, silly, over the top, but everything about it is just going to make you smile. Yeah, absolutely. I might even watch more of it today, to be honest with you. So, although I did, I have been throughout the course of the week, I've been rewatching the Harry Potter films. I have too. <laughs> and I, I have the two Deathly Hollow films to finish, and then I've been through the series again. So, I actually finished um, uh, Half Blood Prince yesterday. I watched Half Blood Prince yesterday, and then because I set up, I, is, again, it's jumping off topic, but I, I said I have a projector that I've used at your house before and such. I actually set it up in my bedroom. So now my wall is my like 65 inch television, which is effing awesome uh, uh, by the way i'm trying to curse last too especially after last week yeah yeah I, yeah last week i was you know it was non-stop so uh, yeah so for, um, for both of us because well we were just again excited yeah <laughs> so but uh, well especially with the game of thrones finale tonight too and we haven't seen it yet so mm-hmm. it hasn't been leaked but yeah i turned my wall into like a 65 inch hd television so i watched um uh, half my prints on that last night, which was really, really cool. So I might end up, it, it means I'm going to end up spending more time in my bedroom watching television than my living room, but I don't care because it's cool. <laughs> it's, so, a, it's quite okay. Yeah. So that's actually how I watched the Batman 66. I watched them on my projector from inside my, from lying in bed last night, which is awesome. So, nice. uh, all right, we have one more show to talk about, and then we'll get ready to wrap things up with news and recommendations. But I'm looking forward to talking about this one because this one, while I I have seen clips of Wonder Woman before, I know I've seen episodes of Batman sixty six before. This is one that I knew about but have never watched. Same. So you and me are coming in this from a brand new, fresh perspective. Yes, and. I love saving this one for last for me, too, because I, I've made no bones about it. I love The Flash now. Flash is probably my favorite character, but I grew up on Superman. So this one is particularly close to my heart because this would have been at a point – well, it's well before my time. But I, you know, this is a character that I grew up absolutely loving. So to see this, it's great. But we're talking about the first episode, pilot episode of The Adventures of Superman from 19 – 1950, 1952 was the year that the black and white seasons first debuted, ran for six seasons with 104 episodes. And of course, this was, I think, one of the first times, if the if the first time we ever got a on-screen version of Superman yep, play, played by George Reeves. So, um, yeah, I will. I'm going to start things off with our rating on this one and... Leading up to this one, the only taste of this I had ever gotten was a movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. From 2006, it's called Hollywoodland. With Ben Affleck. With Ben Affleck. Does an amazing job playing that character. The only actor to ever play both Superman and Batman Mm -hmm. because of Hollywoodland. And Hollywoodland is, if you've never seen it, it's my recommendation for the week already. So I'm going to put that out there now. If you have never seen Hollywoodland... I highly recommend it. It is. It's kind of. It's kind of funny you mentioned that because that was going to be mine too. So. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
So there we go. We got our recommendation out of the way already. It's uh, go back and check out Hollywood Land with Ben Affleck. It is a fantastic film uh, that really spotlights a lot of this this George Reeves error. But giving a ranking system of this, I'm going legend because surprisingly, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, for me, I am also giving it a legend for the exact same reason. <laughs> I did not expect it, especially when it started. I didn't think this was going to be for me. And then I was like, oh, my God, they're taking this this half-hour format. Because it was a little bit longer than a 22 minutes. I think it was like closer to 26, 28, something like that, maybe. Uh, but, man, they did a great job doing the entire Superman origin in that single episode, we met Jor-El and his mother. We were on Krypton. We met the Kent family, which is, well, oddly enough, named so characters are named a little bit different instead of, you know, Jonathan and Martha. But still, we still have the Kent family. We go into Smallville. We see Superman as a kid growing up. We see the death of Mr. Kent. All these, all these things. They did this all in, you know, less than 30 minutes. And I got to say... It worked, and it worked incredibly well, and it was touching. This, and it was – I was just really blown away. I was really damn blown away with this. I, I was as well. And it, I when I was watching this, I almost made it akin to – I was kind of making comparisons to Man of Steel, which we've known at this point I've been – I've highly criticized. I think this is a show that Zack Snyder should have watched before writing Man of Steel. Because as you mentioned, we got a 26-minute-long pilot, and 22 minutes of that, we got the origin story. And the origin story not only was done to completion, with the exception, as you mentioned, the different – his parents that were not Jonathan and Martha Kent. They were, I think, Jeffram and – Sarah. And Sarah, yeah. So – but they were still the Kents. He was still discovered in a field. We got the introduction of Perry White. We had – Clark becoming, you know, living in Smallville, coming to the age of 12, where, you know, Sarah Kent says, you know, your father and I have been meaning to talk to you. Didn't hear the conversation, but we didn't need it because we already knew what it was. Right. And, uh, you know, what else do you need to say other than, hey, you're an alien. We found you in the field. And, you know. I love the idea that they didn't feel the need to retread things, though. That was one thing I really have to say was an amazing part of the writers there was no reason to have a conversation says you know you came down in a ship you know this is where it is because we saw it less than 10 minutes ago you don't need to do it i love the fact that they were smart enough not to chew up screening like screen time for the show to retread something that we already know as viewers at this point yes which is something that they don't do today they they're like nope we got to fill this time we need to fill this two-minute dialogue sequence. This actor needs to have more screen time than this one, whatever it may be. Any reasonings for that, where they would do that. But back then, in 1952, when they did the show, man, they were smart. They were really smart on how they handled that, and they used their time incredibly wisely. You even mentioned it. We got Perry White. We saw The Daily Planet. We saw Lois Lane. All these Jimmy things, Olsen. All, Jimmy Olsen was there. And we had a Superman action scene, too. Yeah. All of this happened in under 30 minutes and it worked and it worked great now don't get so wonderful now don't get me wrong i I was i was wrong about one thing that i mentioned last week you know it it says you know the start of the episode is uh look up in the sky it's you know or faster than a locomotive more power or more powerful than a locomotive faster than a spinning bullet uh, can leap tall buildings in a single bound by that i had 
I was under the impression that he did not fly. Uh, he did only leap. I was confusing that with the first issues of the actual comic book. Right, because uh, Superman didn't fly until he, I forget until how many episodes or issues after. So. Yeah, he did only leap. The television show, he does fly. So I, mm-hmm. I, I, I will redact that from last week's episode. I was a little confused on that. I was confusing it with the comics because the comics, he did only leap in the first couple issues. Uh, I will say I did get a little bit of a chuckle to the scene of him jumping out of the window, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to to take off, which was funny. But I actually that's actually something that's brought up in Hollywoodland, so I was already familiar with that, which is why it only just made me chuckle a little bit and not be like, okay, that was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. So if you've never seen an episode of a George Reeves Superman, they're available on Daily Motion, which is where we found ours. I highly recommend watching it, and if you really want a whole really great backstage perspective of it, again, watch Hollywoodland. It's it's a fantastic film that goes into it. And I'm really surprised, having seen Hollywoodland first, that I've never gone and watched an episode before now. Yeah, I, you know, I will say this, too. That I think there was, the only criticism I can give this entire episode was when jor is giving his report on Krypton. You know, obviously, this actor was probably somebody that just came in or is fairly new to acting, but you can see his eyes read cue cards. Um, <laughs> like, if you watch him, his eyes are scanning across, you know, whatever set that they're on, and you can definitely tell he's reading, because he's kind of not focused where he should be focused, and you just see his eyes just tick left and right, like you're watching, you know, a typewriter, like, you know, making it across, and you feel like you are ready to hear the audible ching as his eyes go back to the other side and start doing it again. But it was uh, it was fairly amusing, that was the only part, but Man, like there was a good production value to it, and this made me kind of want to watch Flash Gordon too. Just looking at this, all of this stuff was very fun and iconic, and they did a really great job. But I was really amazed uh, how much they were able to cram into that such a small space. Do you so. do you know I have never seen an episode of Flash Gordon either? Really? Yeah. See, I, I did watch that a little bit when I was growing up. So, well, I just doing you know reruns and such, but still, um, you know. This this was something special. This was something that they did really, really well. And I this is something else that's gonna get added in and I'm gonna see if I can find a way to uh you know, add it to uh add it to some server space and go from there and yeah. continue to watch. I wanna do the same thing. I wanna see if there's ways. I'm gonna do some research and see if I can find other episodes and uh the rips of these are extremely hard to find, which is why we found them on Daily Motion. But uh, yeah, it's. I, I want to go back and I want to continue watching. I will say one other thing I, I did notice about watching this episode, and again, this is going back again to my criticism of Man of Steel. One of my biggest issues with Man of Steel was the death of Jonathan Kent and how it was handled. And I, I've said this, you know, I, I, there's. It's my biggest criticism of Man of Steel for a reason, and it's, uh, you know, the death of Jonathan Kent. Uh, you know, in Man of Steel, he dies in a tornado, and. I hear a lot of people defending that with saying, like, well, Zack Snyder was able to rewrite the origin story. Why couldn't he change the death of Jonathan Kent? That's fine. But the reason I I kind of disagree with that a little bit is because of the fact that the death of Jonathan Kent, in the particular manner that it happens in the comic books, in Smallville, in Lois and – well, no, Lois and Clark Kent, Jonathan Kent never died. Uh, But also in this, in The Adventures of Superman, Jonathan Kent dying of a heart attack is key to his character. It is how it is part of Superman and Clark Kent's character development. It is what proves to him and shows him that no matter how many how many abilities he has, the power that he has, he still cannot save everybody. So with Zack Snyder making that change, 
in Man of Steel, it really pissed me off because he could have very easily saved his father. Heart attack, he couldn't stop. So I was very pleased to see that even in the original Adventures of Superman, they still handled the death of Jonathan Kent the right way. Absolutely. I I, I love that it was kind of like, you know, it was a happy day. They were going to be celebrating, I think, they, I think they said Clark's 26th, uh, the anniversary, you know, the 26th anniversary of him coming to Earth. And 25th or 26th, or, yeah, something, yeah, like, something that. like that. But I love the fact that they're like, oh, he's already a man at this point. I love the fact that it wasn't like, you know, he's a teenager or whatnot. But it was, I love the fact that we saw him at 12 years old. We saw him in his mid-20s. And I loved, you know, one thing we didn't talk about was how tenacious he was to get a job at the Daily Planet. Uh, I loved him. <laughs> he walked on the windowsill. Going across the window, so shimmy into Barry White's office and said, hey, if I get this news story, will you hire me? He's like, oh, my God, please, just go. Do whatever the hell you want. Get out of my office. Um, but it, it made me feel like this version of Perry White was ultimately probably what Stanley looked at when he made J. Jonah Jameson because that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Perry White wasn't this nice dude. He was this – he's what I always think of as J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, and I'm wondering if maybe watching that TV show, Stanley had some ideas for how he wanted that character to be portrayed based off of this actor's uh, performance role. So, I I also kind of think too. I I don't th- if I remember correctly, watching either in a documentary or something other, I don't think the idea of a bumbling uh, Clark Kent actually came until the Richard Donner films. Because uh, I don't, it may I, be the case. I because I didn't pick up on any of that, obviously, in the George Reeves, and I don't think from seeing Hollywood Land and such too. I don't think that was ever the case with Clark. I don't think he was ever kind of that bumbling, uh, misguided, you know, Clark Kent that we all know and love now. So I, I don't think that came into effect until the actual films with Christopher Reeve. Yeah, you know, they made him very, uh, like as I even stated, tenacious and but just. He was a go-getter. I liked that about him. Like, you didn't see a lot of Lois in this. I mean, you got a quick taste or two of her character, but this was a very interesting take on Clark Kent, very different than what we commonly think today. But I liked it. I really, really enjoyed this, though. This was this was a really cool take on things. How did you get to the airfield before the other press? I don't know, Lois. Maybe I'm a Superman. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, cheesy dialogue, but it's great. It's yeah. It's, well, it's I mean, it's, it's like the yo know, Sarah Kent, and it's hard not to see Martha. Uh, Sarah Kent and Clark, their response to the death of is <laughs> so nonchalant. It's, it's like, kind of like, well, well he's gone. He was a good man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's some of the dialogue, but that's what you kind of expect though from the times. I mean, as we're reviewing these things, it's kind of interesting. And one of the things I think me and Ben were most excited about doing this episode, you have to review something based in three different, you know times like this 50s is drastically different than the 70s the 60s is a weird amalgamation of the two so the dialogue that you see in like the Adam West show feels very reminiscent of what you see in the George Reeves show but the look and the flair and the style is where you see Linda Carter's show feel so it's very different to kind of look at all these things yeah but it's been a very fun experiment and I'm really now looking forward to because of seeing how much fun the origins were for Batman and for Superman, knowing that there was something before for Wonder Woman that we get to go back to. I'm now actually a lot more excited to see how they deal with, you know, uh, Famascara, which back in the show they were always referred to as Paradise Island. Uh, all these little things and seeing her and Steve Trevor connect for the first time, especially coming off of the movie not that long ago. I, it's, I think I'm, I'm really excited to know that we actually did miss something and there's a chance for it to 
all three of these shows to fall into that legend territory. Be careful. You might be setting yourself up for disappointment. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> After watching episode two, my brain is at disappointment, so it can only get better. So, <laughs> All right. That, that's a good point. That's but good. I, I do have high hopes because, you know, sometimes you just never know. I mean, they have their little I- iconic moments and for Wonder Woman and what we watched was just twirling. So, uh, but I, I'm really excited to see what they're going to, what we're going to see with that pilot. So we'll, yeah. we'll discuss that briefly next week. Yeah, we'll watch it this week. Um, so as, as for next week, what, what are our plans for next week? Well, I'm hoping that we get Shad on here uh, to talk, but if not, uh, we'll, we'll come up with a plan. It might be a surprise. If not, there's one other person I'd like to reach out to if Shad's unavailable. Somebody else that we really want to get on here and uh, talk a little bit, especially with all this movie hoopla happening and uh, prepping for these shows, getting ready to come back because we're not far off. We're, we're now about by the time we air next week's episode, just a little over a month away from the shows kicking back off. Do I know this person? Yes, yes. I was going to, uh, you know, I'm going to bring his name up here. I know he had kind of a, a, a little tough week, but everything did come out for the best, but really like to get Paul on here from Bats, Bows, and Books. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really, we've been talking about it for a while, so we, we need to try to hash that out. So, Paul, I don't know if you get a chance to listen to this yet, but we will reach out to you as well. And uh, Shad will reach out to you, too. Um, Shad will try to get you on here first. But if not, Paul, we definitely want to get you on here before these shows kick back off the uh, this season. So Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's our review of, uh, that's our review of our Golden Age episodes. I don't think we can go back any further than George Reeves. I think that's probably one of the first, if not the first of these DC characters to see an on-screen appearance. Uh, well, there is a Batman that happens before this, which is the serials from the fifties. Um, so that could be something interesting to take a look at at some point. If we can get our hands on them. Uh, you, you can probably find them on YouTube. Okay. They're, they're, again, they're sh- they're serials, so they're super short. I mean, they just aired in movie theaters before feature films. So, and uh, I know they're they're out there. I, there was DVD releases of them, all this stuff, quite a while back. So I'm sure we can track them down if need to, need be. But we are definitely cutting through uh, the past history. I think all we still have to watch is Lois and Clark. Um, man, is there anything else aside from that? Uh, I don't know, but I'll be honest with you. I'm looking forward to going back to Lois and Clark. <laughs> I, I, I used to love that show when it was on. So, uh, and, and I do have a very painful experiment for us to attempt down the road outside of Steel, which is the Justice League TV show. Oh, my where God. There is a full episode. It was early 90s that stars Guy Gardner <laughs> and, uh, man, a lot of uh, interesting interesting choices for characters. I think Ice is in there. <laughs> so, And I'm trying to think who else. I think Martian Manhunter. I think there's a Flash in there as well. But it's... Uh, a, a, a very painful, painful, painful experience. And it's about an hour and 20 minutes long. It is on YouTube because I've watched it before <laughs> uh, right. when I was really bored and had a couple of drinks. And I was just like, well, I can go ahead and do this. So that's something for the future, too. And then, of course, there's always the Shazam ISIS uh, power hour, uh, which we can torture ourselves with as well. So. Now, we, we also have... I just made a recent purchase, uh, not just for this podcast, but for the next level as a whole. Uh, I I got a uh, 
it's a live streaming camera. It's it's specifically for live streaming. It live streams in HD. Uh, you know, in a world now where everybody's doing Facebook Live and YouTube and, and live stream and Periscope and things like that, I got this specifically so that when we go to conventions, I can live stream panels. I can live stream content from these places. It also records as well. So one of these days down the road, I'd love to see how we can incorporate this into our podcast, whether it be, you know, we get together one night and watch an episode of one of these four shows and we live stream it. So we get live reaction to the episode. Our listeners can actually watch with us and get live reaction to the episodes. I think that would be a lot of fun if we could do things like that. I'd love to do a live video podcast at some point. Yeah. So, and I think we're talking about using that for a uh, capping crew uh, that there'll be a video version out there too. Yeah, exactly. So, so. Um, we're going to find ways to do it. If you guys as listeners have recommendations for things that you would like to see us do with this camera, you know, I, as I said, whether it's live viewings of television shows, uh, live recordings of the podcast, give us a heads up. Cause I want to get a lot of use out of this camera cause it was really expensive. So, uh, Definitely let us know how you would like to see us use it. What do you want to see us do with this camera? And don't say porn because it's not going to happen. Um, uh, we can we can do a live musical. No, just kidding. No, uh, no, no. Don't no. nobody nobody ask us to do that, please. <laughs> it won't happen. So, you got it once, unless they do a, a another musical episode. Uh, you will not hear us sing again. Why, why did you soon. say that? Because you know they will. I know they will, but I know people are already going to say, you got to write a new song. So, <laughs> it's funny because um, I almost thought about doing that for this episode and just going, na 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 na, prime time. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Obviously, we didn't do it. So, sure. but yeah, right, let, so let's, uh, let's do some news real yep. quick. And uh, what I was going to we'll say. Real fast at the end, and then we'll get out of here. Actually, you know what? Before we do news, let's do some plugs because I know you did put up your extra life stuff. Um, we've got some fun things in the works, and I don't want people to hear the news and then bounce out. Okay. Uh, I'd rather them hear this now. Uh, so you have some interesting things to talk about a little bit as far as uh, our raffle that we brought up last week. I do. Uh, we, we mentioned last week that Rob and I are both raising money for Extra Life, which we're going to be doing. What's I think it's not – we're not doing it on the actual weekend this year because one of our friends is getting married that weekend. I think Are we doing it the following weekend? We're doing it the following week. So okay. I think normally game day is like something like the second or fourth, something like that. I think our game day is the 10th. Um, so we're we're playing one week later than everybody else is out there. But again, the eleventh uh, is game day. Yeah. Well, yeah. We start tenth and then wrap the night of the eleventh. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we start on so, Friday and we go into Saturday. Uh, but Bill, who you've heard on Caffeine Crew, he's on almost every episode, uh, is getting married on actual game day, and I'm his best man for that. So uh, we definitely can't do ga- uh, you know our our gaming marathon that day. Uh, I'm sure Bill would be excited to do it, um, but I don't <laughs> know if his fiance would be. So probably not. <laughs> so. But now, uh, it's a uh... okay. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Uh, so you know, Rob and I are both raising money. We've both. I don't think I've posted my my page on the DC Primetime Facebook page yet, but I know you have, and I will too. And the way this works is, it doesn't matter who you donate money towards, whether it's mine or Rob's. We're all we're both part of the same team. It all goes to the same spot. So it's not a competition to see who can raise more money. As if it goes to one of us, that's all that matters. So we've came up. We came up with the idea last week that for every ten dollars you donate to either mine or Rob's. Uh, Extra Life Charity Drive, uh, you're going to get your name put into a raffle. And we've been talking to a bunch of people to get some really cool things to raffle off. And I can tell you right now, just from the first person that I went to, we are already going to have at least four amazing things to raffle off. Uh, Our friend Brian Roll from Odyssey Art um, has 
already offered up four pieces of artwork. And they are not only four pieces of artwork for four very iconic characters that you know from the Arrowverse, but these are four people that are actually going to be at Heroes and Villains, New York, New Jersey, and I will be getting signed by these people, by the actors at play. So we have four autographed pieces of artwork that we will be raffling off. Trust me, these are going to be great additions. If if we weren't doing this, I would keep them. That's how awesome I, they are. I, I'm really upset that we're raffling them because I just want a piece from Brian because his <laughs> art is beautiful. Uh, I mean, absolutely stunning. And the fact that he was willing to do this, uh, you know, I'm really just blown away because he's done charity work for, you know, children's hospitals and stuff as well in the past. And, we talked about that a couple months ago, actually. And when I told him exactly what we were doing and where the money went, he was extremely happy to be a part of it and, and help us out. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to save what the pieces are. Right now, I don't want to reveal that yet because I want to. I want to wait until we have everything that we're doing, um, that we're going to be raffling off. Because this is not the end of it. These four pieces are not the end. I'm going to be buying a bunch of stuff at the con while I'm there. Uh, I'm hoping to find a pop vinyl of Adam and get Brandon Ralph to sign it while we're there. Uh, I've already spoken to our friend Drew Powell from Gotham. Drew is going to be doing something for us. We don't know what it is yet, but we're going to talk about it when we're there. So we're going to have something autographed by Drew. We're going to have something autographed by these four actors. Hopefully this Brandon Ralph pop. Uh, We're going to do... I actually already have uh, DC Primetime mugs in the works right now. So hopefully we can raffle some of them off. And I'd really like to maybe even beforehand potentially put them online to sell through Redbubble and all of the proceeds will go to Extra Life. So we got a lot of great things in the works. I'm hoping by the end of the month, by the end of August, which is next week, actually, this week, uh, maybe by next week's episode, I'll have more to reveal and more to talk about. But, man, we've already got some incredible stuff lined up. And I'm really hoping. Last year, I think our team as a whole raised over $30,000, but our small chunk of the team, I think we raised about between seven or eight. We were close to seven thousand yeah. dollars. We we were over. We I think when our game day closed, and bear in mind, people can still donate after. Uh, when our actual game day closed, our little core group that games at my house, um, we were I think over sixty five hundred dollars. Uh, Extra Life as a whole last year broke nine point six million. The year before was only six point four. So massive, massive jump. Um, my guess is this year we're definitely going to break ten. Um, our team that we play for is PS Nation. And I want to let you guys this, know this as well. In addition to the raffle that me and Ben are doing, there is another raffle that happens. So still, when you donate to me or Ben or anybody else from the Caffeine Crew team that's part of PS Nation, you were also entered into another raffle that's for video game stuff and a lot of video game stuff. The people that we play with specifically are the longest-running PlayStation podcast that exists out there at all. Uh, even before IGN and all these other guys, it's a really wonderful guy by the name of Glenn, Perc- uh, Glenn who goes by the name Percival on there online. Um, but Glenn and his partner are just amazing at everything that they do together with this stuff. They love this, you know, the gaming community incredibly. If you've ever watched the videos for Extra Life, in the current videos that are out there about it, the two of them are prominent in the video. You see them a couple of times interacting with the kids at Mountainside, New Jersey Hospital, uh, Children's Hospital for Children's Miracle Network. But the raffle that they run, the prizes that they get are also super damn unique. They talk to people like Sony, EA, uh, you know, Naughty Dog, you know, Insomnia Studios, 
the guys that created Rocket League, Psyonix, they're friends with a lot of these people. A couple of years ago, one of their big prizes, there was a commercial for Uncharted 2 with the train hanging off of the ledge and somebody dressed as Nathan Drake hanging on one of the seats. The seat from that, this giant train seat signed to the entire team of Naughty Dog went in the raffle from PS Nation. Nobody else has ever gotten something like that. They get major things. Uh, one of our players last year that also donate, donated won one of the grand prizes, and he only did just, I think, a $25 donation. So there is a lot of incentive to be a part of this this year. So between what Ben's working on, uh, I've got a couple board games I've already had donated from a couple companies. So I only have three games right now. Hopefully it'll be a, bit, a little bit more, and uh, I'm working on some other avenues. But the other thing that we have that we don't know if it's going to happen yet, but I'll bring it up because it's still exciting, uh, because regardless, it might be something good for DC primetime down the road. When we were reaching out to see if any actors that are associated with some of these DC projects would be willing to do, record a little commercial to help pull up support, the person that responded was none other than Kevin Conroy. Which I uh, think the, is amazing. Like I'm so excited about this. Uh, and it was kind of funny because I didn't tell Ben that I reached out to him. And I said, here's this random person's name and phone number. And it was like, huh? I'm like, that's Kevin Conroy's agent. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, he just gave it to me. <laughs> so uh, so we have to give him a ring and try to get things set up. Uh, I haven't heard a re- an email response, so I think we have to use that phone call yeah. and uh, and talk to them about getting this done. Uh, Rob Polson, uh, who, as we mentioned last week, did a commercial for us in the past to help drum up support. And he's obviously the voice of Raphael from our youth as you know, Turtles. Now Donatello, you know, he's been pinky from pinky in the brain you know yakko warner so there's a lot of amazing people that have helped us with this this is something really near and dear to our hearts so again remember for us if you donate to either ben or myself in that message block make sure you write dc primetime you can be anonymous but it does still show us your email so that's all we need as long as your email is present and you have one in there when you submit your donation just write dc primetime that way we know for a fact when we see donations come in that you are being entered into the raffle. Remember, one raffle ticket for $10, and then if you donate $50, it gives you 10 entries. So that's a nice way to really double your chances. And again, too, the more you donate, the higher your chances are. I think we'll probably try to cap out at no more than 20 entries per person. That way, everybody has an opportunity and a chance. Um, I think it's the same way that PS Nation does it, no more than 200 entries. Um, But again, remind yourself, you're also getting entered in the PS Nation raffle usually by mid-September is when their prize list goes up. So we'll make sure we go through that briefly when that does happen. And so. I think I think that's around the same time we're going to have our prize list up too because at that point, uh, Heroes and Villains is the, is the 15th and, or 16th and 17th of September. So I'm hoping that by the time I'm back that Monday, the 18th, I should have everything lined up as to what we're going to be giving away. I'll have everything autographed that I'm getting autographed. I'll have all the prizes that I'm getting from the con. Uh, so that's when I'm getting the artwork from Brian, since Brian will be at the con as well. So I'm hoping that that week, uh, right, after, right after the 17th, uh, Rob, you and I should get together at some point and we'll record a video showing all of the prizes that we have and giving all the details as to how people can enter and how people can be a part of this. And so that they see everything, they see for themselves everything that they're going to, that they have a potential to win. Absolutely. Just by and- donating. Thankfully, too, in YouTube, you can actually have links there to annotate to other places, so we can actually put our links directly for both of us up there um, and give full full instructions on what to do. So, but yeah, this is this is building up to being something really, really special. 
Um, we really want to beat what our little core of the team beat last year. We want to hit at least 75. Uh, 7,500. That's my goal this year for our team. So, yeah. And I think we can do it. So. And just these four pieces of artwork alone are bigger than any contest we've done on this show yet. Yeah. Uh, so. they, they are normally, if you were to buy those prints, uh, they're not cheap. Um, but in addition to that, though, too, having them signed by the actors, also not cheap. <laughs> so uh, you're definitely getting some serious value out of it. Definitely make sure you get a chance to do that. You know what? I'll save. I'll save the bigger two. Uh, for when we reveal them, I'll give you the two lesser of the two, which aren't even lesser. Um, but two of the ones that Brian is giving us are uh, Robbie Amell as Firestorm and Italia Risi as um, Silver Banshee from Supergirl. Awesome. Because uh, they will both be at Heroes and Villains too, and we'll get them signed for, by both cool. of them. So uh, let's do the news so we can get out of here. Alrighty. All right. So there's not a lot here, but we do have to talk about something in this because there's there's been a bit of a mess coming out of uh, Warner Brothers. Um, well, not really there. It's more the news sources, but still, Warner Brothers needs to put stops to this. That's why they have marketing teams. Anyway, let's start with Wonder Woman and some little bit of controversy that's happened between director Patty Jenkins and James Cameron over the past week, in which James Cameron was an absolute idiot. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll put it this way: uh, in, uh, James Cameron did a interview with the Guardian, um, just to, you know, I think it was about a week and a half ago, give or take. And said uh, he feels that uh, everything with Wonder Woman, there's been a lot of misguided uh, self-congratulatory back padding that's been going on since the film's release. And he's like Cameron, so believes that uh, the character of Diana is very much an ejectified icon, and uh, that her current status as a symbol for strong, you know, empowered women is actually a step backwards. Uh, immediately, and within I would say a day or two, Patty Jenkins responded. And I love what she had to say, because one of the things James Cameron did go on to say is, like, look at Sarah Connor. She's not the sex symbol. She's just a hard, strong female character. Well, Patty Jenkins basically said this. And actually, you know, I'm just going to read her tweet exactly. It's James Cameron's inability to understand what Wonder Woman is or stands for to women all over the world is unsurprising, as though he is a great filmmaker, he is also not a woman. Strong women are great. His praise for my film monster and our portrayal of a strong yet damaged woman was so appreciated. But women, uh, but if women have to always be hard and tough and troubled to be strong, then we aren't free to be multidimensional or celebrate an icon of women everywhere because she is attractive and loving. Then we haven't come very far, have we? I believe, uh, believe women can and should be everything just like male, male lead characters should be. There's no right and wrong kind of powerful woman, and the massive female audience who made the film a hit uh, well, sorry, hit it is, can surely choose and judge their own icons of progress. And I don't believe anybody could have said it better. So. No. And I mean, and the other thing about that, too, is, you know, Cameron saying that it's self-justification and everything about this. I don't think a lot of this came from Patty Jenkins at all. This A lot of this praise came from other people. How is yeah. this self-justification? Indeed. And honestly, too, one of the other things that you have to say, if you were in a theater... There was moments where I just heard a female audience erupt, especially when we saw it on that preview night. No, and No uh, Man's Land. Come yeah. on. And it was just exciting. And every woman I've talked to that's seen this film has felt that way about it. So, um, yeah, very, very misguided opinion from James Cameron. Yeah. Hey. What can you say about the man that his biggest hit is Avatar? So <laughs> is Pocahontas in space. Indeed. But anyway, all right, let's jump into some more chaos from the DC film oh, universe. God. All right, so last when week does it we, end? we reported that, you know, Ben Affleck would not be coming back to play Batman. And that came from Casey Affleck, which we immediately, you know, responded. Actually, we didn't report the story. We waited and said, no, 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 
Casey Affleck was joking around, and that's that. This is all it was. Then this week, another story hit, and I want to say it was like Tuesday or Wednesday, and this was uh, coming actually from a quote from uh, from uh, was it Chris Reeves or Matt Reeves? Matt I was going to say Chris Reeves is is, is not yeah. with us anymore. Yeah. Sorry, we, we talked about three Reeves in this episode. So yeah, we did. So Matt, Chris, and you know, obviously uh, George. So, but Matt Reeves did come out and say in a statement from a interview that went back to July. So I might guess around Comic Con timelines. Basically, that his film wasn't part of the DCEU, and it was very clear that then two or three other companies reported on this as well, and also were confirming that's indeed what was stated in this. <laughs> and the internet lost its effing mind. Yeah, I think I, I caught myself on that one. I think our reaction was, um, "What? <laughs> what is wrong with you people? Why are you? Why are you not being intelligent?" Um, and immediately after that, I'm like, "Fine, if they're going to have multiple Batman. Why can't Batman be in the Arrowverse?" That was my first thought process. I didn't even think about um, it that way. And you know, moving into this a little bit more, a day or two passes. And Matt Reeves hits to Twitter as well and said, geez, what did I miss, guys? Just to be clear, of course, in all caps, Batman will be part of the DCEU. Batman will be Batman. He's like, in my comments from a while back, when not being part of the DCEU, he he continued. He's like, I was talking about the Batman story being specifically about Batman, not the other characters in this universe. It's not going to be filled with cameos servicing other stories. This is going to be a Batman story. I have big plans for what I'm doing with this. And of course... Ben Affleck is my character. And he's like, can we please put this story to bed now? Warner Brothers still has not come out to say anything or to back up these people. This is a big mistake, and this needs to be addressed. Especially moving forward. Let's go to our next story. More chaos (laughs) continues. All right. So I'm going to read something that I actually posted online uh, on our Facebook page. So in case you missed it, because I don't have the news stories here for a good couple reasons because of some stupidity that was listed here so uh it was just quote unquote from us sorry for the news barrage today guys just a heads up but we've seen a ton of news coming out about the dceu films in the past day or two one being gotham city sirens potentially now being canned and going away justice league dark going back to the drawing board and david Ayer fully stepping away from the dceu etc 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 these are all stories that we are not really going to discuss because right now every one of these is a absolute rumor so if you're waiting to hear about any news stories you may have read about those things, it's not going to be in this episode until it is 100% official. But we know one of those is already shot and down. So, Gotham City Sirens is indeed, from Warner Brothers stated, not canceled. What they're doing is because there is two other films that are going to be taking place. We don't know when, but there is going to now be a Joker origin film. Something that I'm still very, 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 very iffy on. So... But we don't know what this movie is going to be. Uh, now, I want to definitely say and commend uh, one of our listeners for coming out and actually giving some interesting thought about this as well. Um, and this came from Cliff. And his thought process about this was actually kind of insightful. I didn't think about this. And, you know, it was a mixture between Cliff and uh, Bradley Painter. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for jumping in and talking about this. I think this was really good, strong thoughts. Cliff brought up the whole idea, you know, like, there's all these Joker side stories from, you know, Endgame, so they get to see one story about a possible origin story with the Joker, then the next issue has something completely different, and you end up not knowing what's what. So if this is a whole bunch of vignettes and shorts, I think this could be absolutely, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. 
if this is what it was and they met and made us you know still leave the theater guessing on who the character is which one may potentially be real that could be an like just outstanding film and i would love to see it bradley already also went on to and said you know currently in dc canon we have three jokers something that i personally um as a comic book reader i love i love the fact that it's the jerry robinson joker we have the grant morrison joker and i forget which uh I think they said it was like the Infinite Crisis timeline was the other one in there. But we have these three potentially different versions that they haven't explored yet. So if this is basically, hey, there's a fourth uh, that's for the DCEU. This is just an alternate take. Uh, there's a lot of fan theories out there still, too. And I know people love the idea of it was being Jason Todd. Uh, and there's another Joker lurking out there. They could still do this if they wanted to. Nothing's been closed on that book. So there's still a lot of opportunity for them to have some fun with this. Uh, you know, Jared Leto, we didn't see enough of him to really form strong opinions. Um, I know a lot of people don't like the gangbanger look that he's got going on. But you know what? If he has a whole movie to really shine and do something interesting with the character, I'd actually really like this. I still want to see it. But in addition to this film, they're also doing a Joker and Harley movie. But the interesting thing is news came out about this. I believe it was late yesterday. The idea is this is going to be very much a criminal love story. Probably a very Bonnie and Clyde-esque thing. But one of the things they did say is apparently this is going to split up the relationship before the end of this film where Harley is no longer uh, there just for the Joker. Which I think is interesting because it puts her more in line with what she is in, a, in the character now in the comics. Yeah. So even what we saw in Batman and Harley Quinn, the animated feature, where they are no longer together. But they did say the title of this film, it sounds like, will indeed be Mad Love. Um, so we got a little bit of the Mad Love story, obviously, in BBS, or not BBS, uh, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. So that was there. So I think we'll see that expanded upon. There was a lot that was cut out of that movie with that, so I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see some of those scenes maybe pop their way back up. I know they were in an expanded in the director's cut of the film. So, uh, But they did say, after this movie does happen, it sounds like that will indeed be what's setting up um, Gotham City Sirens, because there still is no shoot date. We just know it's on the slate right now. Um, so it's interesting to see where all these fill, fall, but I would not be surprised if we see the Harley Quinn Joker movie first, followed by Gotham City Sirens, and somewhere down the road we'll see that uh, Joker movie possibly. I think um, Warner Brothers is probably going to pair Joker together first because it's going to be more bankable and they'll probably get a better idea of what people like about Joker. So, um, Or if there needs to be changes made before they do an origin story. So it's a big wait and see. All right. And the last thing that we need to talk about with the chaos in the DCEU is this. Um, more people are talking about the extensive, quote-unquote, Justice League reshoots. Guys, apparently they're not as, as extensive as reported. Apparently the film is actually remaining pretty close to Zack Snyder's vision. Uh, the tone is all that's really shifting, and that's based from Joss Whedon. But the story is staying in play. You know what? I have no problem with that, especially after the fact that Everybody forgets Zack Snyder wrote most of Wonder Woman, and all of us loved it. So so not too much to be worried about there, guys, but they did say, quote-unquote, the majority of the footage that you're going to see on screen is still the footage that was previously shot. There's just some additional things that help change the tone, lighten moods, maybe alter a character moment here or there. That's about it. And then obviously we all know that the ending is being reshot. So, Works all right. for me. So, Last bits of news to talk about because I am running super short on time. <laughs> we, uh, I didn't realize. So a uh, character and an actress that we know by Anna Diep, something that uh, both me and Ben know her from 24 Legacy. She was fantastic in the show. Has been cast as Starfire for the live action Titan show, which I, I think it's a great choice. Uh, I, I think that's an absolute great choice. So she was also in Quantico and Greenleaf as well. Um, you know, we're getting closer and closer when we now know two of our casting members. 
Uh, I would assume we'll probably be hearing that in the next week or two because I think they did say late August, beginning of September is when production begins in full force for shooting. So I'm sure they're just narrowing down the last uh, last few auditions at this point. Yeah. So. All right. And uh, one thing that made me incredibly excited this week was a actress that I absolutely adore and love from uh, Battlestar Galactica, Katie Sackhoff is coming into The Flash, and that is incredibly exciting. She's going to be playing the character of Blacksmith. Um, now, if you don't know the character, she actually has the ability to wield inorganic material to organic material. Uh, very commonly, you see her in her costuming where she has uh, metal uh, bonded to her flesh. So, uh, But I- I'm really excited to see Starbuck join join The Flash here. This is pretty damn awesome. So Yeah. Uh, next up, we have a little thing to talk about. That's called Injustice 2, something that both me and Ben and <sighs> quite a few other people really geeked out about because we've been all trying to figure out the silhouettes for quite a bit of time. Now, this in character pack 2 to the characters we obviously knew being Raiden from Mortal Kombat, which is the second Mortal Kombat character joining the fray. But in addition to that, Black Manta, who we knew for some time because their silhouettes are really easy to tell, but one that we were speculating for quite some time and a lot of people thought was Asriel, Turned out to be none other than Hellboy. How fantastic is that? Now, the only thing I think some people might be a little worried about now is we now have three guest characters in this, which is fine. But it makes us wonder is if uh, character pack three, if we're going to get another outside comic book character, which would be cool. And if it was, man, you know what? I kind of want to see Witchblade. I think that would be the next best move to bring into here. If not, maybe uh, somebody from Danger Girl could be kind of cool, too. So uh, I think they fit, would fit nicely into... Uh, a DC canon. So. And last but not least, we have our final story for the week, is we now have on September 26th, The Pack, which is episode two of Batman the Telltale Game, The Enemy Within season, will be coming out. So just a little bit over, uh, um, actually a little under a month now. We are one day under a month away from that's release. It's so. too far away. I know, but you know what? I'm, I'm happy to see that they are hitting their monthly marker, so we are uh, getting super close, so be ready. That's going to be Harley Quinn's first appearance in uh, Telltale Batman. Yeah. So that does it for the news for the week. All right. Uh, cheap plugs, and then we will get out of here. Uh, of course, you can check out this podcast as well as all other podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network, nextlevelradioonline.com, facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline, and, of course, the Facebook page for this podcast, facebook.com slash Primetime. And as for me, you can always also find me at nextlevelradioonline.com through Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, uh, our Harry Potter episode. I've gotten so many good people just feedback, uh, giving me feedback on the episode, how much they loved it. Um, people were saying it's one of their favorite episodes since the Disney episode. So uh, I'm really, really happy people are digging the new format. So if you haven't gotten a chance, check that out. I am going to be looking into getting a, uh, a new mixer because uh, my old one uh, has ceased to be for some time. But I would like to get the audio quality up on the episodes coming up soon. So hopefully in the next episode or two, we'll definitely have that. And then, uh, yeah, uh, we'll be announcing our new episode probably within a week on what we're going to be discussing. So really looking forward to that. Uh, in addition, uh, me and Ben both have our Extra Life pages up. Easiest way to find us right now, if you don't follow us on Facebook, go to extra-life.org. There's a little box on the upper right-hand corner that says search for player, search Rob, R-O-B, and then space Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N, and then just hit search. You will definitely find me. I think I'm like the only Rob Martin listed. And then Ben space Beck, B-E-N space B-E-C-K. If you find it, you will see both of us listed there. Remember, 
when you donate, doesn't matter what you donate, the amounts, you can do any you want. Make sure that message says DC Primetime to get entered in, but automatically you'll be entered into the PFs Nation raffle. All right, guys? Yeah, and you don't have to wait until we announce the prizes. No, if you, if not you at all. start donating now, you'll automatically be entered into them, and then we'll just reveal the prizes when uh, when we yeah. have them. So you'll still be entered into it even if you donate before we announce what the prizes are. And I will say this, too. If you're worried about, hey, uh, I don't have 50 bucks and I want 10 entries, if you do $10 now, $40 in a week, we'll make sure and pay attention to all that and be like, we'll make sure you have the proper raffle amount tickets that you want. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. And I'm the so, only Ben Beck when you search Ben Beck as well. Yeah, and I think there is somebody that has a similar name to me, but it, it's very much Spanish and not me. So I think it's like Roberto Mar- uh, Martin or Martinez. So uh, Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> So you should be able to find me fairly easily, too. So, But like you said, regardless of who you donate to, just make sure that message is there. We'll get you all taken care of. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, your raffle ticket stack. If you hit $100, you get 20 entries, the whole nine. We'll, we'll make sure everything is all situated and set. So yep, absolutely. worry not, folks. All right. Uh, so next week, we don't know what we're doing yet, but we will we'll post something on the Facebook page at some point when we figure it out, uh, when we, we got to reach out to a couple people. But until that time... Thank you, of course, for being a part of our, our our universe. Thank you for being a part of our family and our community online. Thank you for posting, commenting. Thank you once again, as we always do, to George Shaw for providing the music to the podcast, uh, both the intro and the exit as we go out. But until next week, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. <laughs>